I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Charlie Keegan. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Well, we asked for a win, and what did we get? We got a win. I mean, the difference yesterday coming off coming off that game was absolutely fantastic. So that's what we're going to start off with, the Blackpool reaction. Wigan Athletic 2, Blackpool 1. But before we do, um, the three notable absences, Keane, Broadhead and Kerr. Now, I knew Keane has picked a little grain strain up. I wasn't too sure about Broadhead's injury, but I believe Kerr's got an ACL, which, if that's the case... That's a that's a serious blow. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. That is massive. It's uh, I think it's definitely going to keep him out for the rest of the season. I think Edmunds Green has shown he's he can do enough to come straight in and play well enough. But to be fair, when Kerr got picked up the injury as well, I don't think he really needed to make the challenge, and that's the most frustrating bit because he went in and he, I think he brought Kyle Norton down, and he didn't really need to go in as hard as he did. And now he's picked up the injury. That cost us a penalty as well, didn't it? It did. And the two points. points. <laughs> that was a nightmare, nightmare that little episode. But the other thing is, when you say Edmunds Green comes in, what happens when something happens to him? You know, you, your squad's pretty threadbare, isn't it? And you, you know, and yeah, we've got a month off, and we're hoping to get players back. But if you've done your ACL, you're not going to be ready in a month, are you? No, but I should imagine somebody will come in in January, and we've got Charlie Hughes could fill a spot on the bench. But I think we'll shuffle the pack around that. But it depends what the new manager wants to do. Anyway, let, let's come to that in a yeah. minute. Team selection. Not too different from what we've been putting out. In fact, I guessed with those people missing, that would have been the same team Liam Richardson would have put out yesterday. I think so. I don't think that when you when Liam Richardson leaves and you go into Rob Kelly and James Beattie, you're going to change all too much because it is the background staff as well that do select the team. So I think it was it was always going to be something similar. But losing Keane, Broadhead, I don't, I don't really know what's up with Broadhead, where he is. But I think the, the squad kind of named itself yesterday. Oh, it's a committee, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Liam Richards is the name at the in the manager's seat, but it's a committee, and they all feed into it, and he kind of makes the final decision. If it's a committee that's generally in agreement, you're going to get exactly the same team. Rob Keller said his, his post matched into that um, yeah. team selection was all they did was maybe just do a little tweak here and there, but it was always going to be the same. It was a good a good derby atmosphere at the beginning of the game, and Blackpool certainly brought the game to us. The Dean had, had an effort early doors. Then there was a decision what really changed the game. Piteta received a red card. I'll come to you two first to see what you think. Uh, was it a red? Absolutely. He, he was late to the challenge. His foot was up. He was done by Charlie Wyke. He'd been all, all over the place in the first 20 minutes. He, he, he hit him. You know, there's the last man debate, but put all them together and it's absolutely a red card. No question. Yeah, I think it's. I think it was deserved. I always feel that an early sending off is a little harsh, but when you like we're talking about them, when you add everything up, that he was the last man. Charlie had been being battered around, so I don't think it was his first real offence. I think the ref has, had seen that it was a bit of a feisty one, and when he does something like that, you, it wasn't really left with much choice. I don't think he had any choice anyway, because Andy Davis, the guy who sent Joe Bennett off at Birmingham, so <laughs> I, it was a similar sort of thing. Was it last man? Was it last man? Was it not? Could they have been covered? Could they not? Um, it was a dangerous challenge because he hit him on his thigh, yeah. didn't he? His foot was on his thigh. So so it was a strong yellow, if not a red, just for the challenge alone. But with him having sent Joe Bennett off, it must have been 
His, his heart must have sunk straight away that referee thinking, God, I'm going to have to pull the red out here. Um, and he did do. And yeah, I think that was, a, was that our real first attack? I know we'd ping the ball up a few times, but I, I can't remember anything before that where we, we actually tested tested the defence too much. I think Clay um, caught it was probably his first little run through. I know Graeme Shinney had a, a dart into the box early on where at Potato, he was the one who cleared it as well. Um, but I think this was the real Charlie White going to have a run through on goal there. I think that was the first huge chance that we could have had. Anyway, 17 minutes in, Ek Potato gets his red card. And it serves him right as well because if you catch your mind back to that 5 0 nil trouncing we got, he scored in that game. So, you know, that's for you, Ek Potato. Anyway, we was all getting really excited then, weren't we? Rubbing our hands. Oh, you know, it's gonna, we're going to do these men now. And, and Gary Medine scored a goal, which. In my opinion, shouldn't have stood. No, no, two-handed shove in the back foul. I wonder if that that shove led to Jack Watmore going off because he, he definitely stumbled to the floor, didn't he? One thing about it though, he took it on his chest and swivelled and, and it sits into the top corner. It was a great finish, but it was definitely a foul. Definitely, it was a great finish. But they're always a lot easier when there's no defender there because you've shoved him out of the way. It's, it's like slotting it in the in the bottom corner when you've been flagged offside. Yeah, don't matter. Although, except in this case, obviously, it didn't matter because he got a goal for it. But yeah, yeah, it was. It was a great finish. But like you say, it should never have stood. It frustrated me as well because it really came from nothing. It was just Charlie Patino sent it a little bit long to Medine, who pushed Watmore down. And then I just don't think that Jamie Jones expected Medine to just turn and shoot so quick. And then all of a sudden, you're 1 0 down when you've got an extra player on the field. The other thing as well, he's probably expecting the decision to be given. Yeah, he played to the whistle. I'm not buying that whatsoever. Well, yeah. He played to the whistle. But Patino, how much room did he have in that midfield for that goal? We we just had a sort of a little shift going forward and we lost possession. And then we, we seemed to be wide open down our right-hand side once again, which has happened several times. This time. Just catch your mind back to the last home game against Stoke. That came down that right-hand side, didn't it? So that is definitely an area that we need to get sorted out. And I thought our heads went down a little bit after that goal. And, you know, in fairness, Blackpool came at us. And the, I don't know his name. The guy who was playing out wide number 19 for them, he was causing us all sorts of problems with his pace and, and direct running. Yeah, I, th- I think you, when you say heads went down, I know I, you certainly sat there thinking this is just, what you know, one of those days where you're like, you had that lift of the red card and you're thinking, oh, we're going to get some at goal for us. And then obviously the goal's given against you that should never be. And you just think, when you, when you desperately need some, you never get anything there. So they looked dangerous with 10 men, didn't they, in that period? And we looked a bit lost. We looked really nervous. And obviously you don't expect to lose what more. You don't expect to concede when you're a man ahead as well. And I think they just looked very nervous and just wanted to get to half time at 1 0 and just see what we could do for the second half. When Watmore went off, I was a bit disappointed, I'll be honest, because I thought it was an opportunity to throw Tello on or, or some attacking player and, and just go, go a little bit offensive against them. But I must admit, Joe Bennett had a fantastic game. It's down that left-hand side. I mean, some of the runs he did it was, and the balls he put in were just, just, for me, I think he's probably had his best game since he, since he joined us. Yeah, I think he did as well. And I think that yeah. moving Tilt and Romani Edmonds Green into the, the back two kind of taught them a little bit more defensively as well that we really needed. It allowed James McLean to get forward. We could shuffle around a little bit. And for that second half, you saw, because we just came out so much more attacking, we 
we kind of like suffocated Blackpool for a bit and penned them in. And I think that's that worked really well for us. So I think Bennett, the way he played, and then you had Shinny, Naylor, Power in the midfield, who I think they all had a really good game. Well, I think, was it 13 shots we had in the second half? And there's only three times all season in 90 minutes that we've actually had more shots than that in the 90. And that's, I think it was Preston, Rotherham and Burnley. They're the only times. So it just showed how dominant we were in the second half with that little change. Yeah, it also points to the fact that how underwhelming we was in the first half, doesn't it? You know? <laughs> that first half was we was flat after that goal went in. Yeah, and I think I think some of it at the point where you've gone a goal behind and you've got the extra man, the the, the lack of confidence that's flowing through the side almost gets overtaken by the situation that's going on. And you kind of like, look, don't worry about making mistakes. We're in the trouble here and we need to get out of it. So have a go. And and I think it just, it's that attitude becomes, right, let's go for it. I mean, you're talking about Bennett down the wing and how far up was Dariqua at various times and going forward and slinging crosses in, you know, instead of the, right, we'll just knock it backwards and across and try and keep hold of it and play safe. It just became a bit gungo and and worked. Andy Davis, referee in the first half, because because he, he had a change. I'm in the prediction league, and I've gone for two, for nil a piece half time, two nil full time, and I'm so aggrieved with that referee that I sent a message to get him off, and they subbed him. <laughs> I'd have gone top of the prediction league. I can't believe what he did though, letting have that goal. But he added six minutes on at the end. I mean, he was letting a lot of stuff go, weren't he, from both sides, fouls and shoves and pushes. And to be honest, I don't mind it if it's if it's going both ways. That's all right. You know where you are. It's when he's letting stuff go for one and not for the other. But six minutes on at the end of the first half, I think is that might be a record this season, considering how much time was on at the end of ninety minutes, which was only four. You know. So, but and uh, Anthony Backhurst is uh, Backhurst is is a friend of Wigan Athletic, so we'll we'll say no more about that one. Yeah. So that first half, I thought it was a little bit underwhelming. Uh, Medina had scored on 34 minutes. Then the second half we came out. I still thought for the first sort of 10 minutes, we wasn't really, we just seemed to be playing with our heads down a little bit. And then we got that corner. McLean had swung the ball over and say, Naylor coming in at the far post and the defender just managed to edit behind. And then McLean goes in, takes his corner, gets a barrage of abuse from, from the fans <laughs> behind the goal. And then, what a mistake that is, isn't it? Surely they must realise you do not barrack James McLean. And then, you know, he swung it in. And if you put it into that danger area, though, anything can happen. And it did. Yeah, you, you don't barrack James McLean, there Because it gives just it fuels him. I think at that point, that's where the the stadium's lit up as well, wasn't it? You know, the, the, fact, the, the attitude of the fans and the attitude of the players went into... Instead of just trying to be patient, it was like, right, come on. Everything went. It's like you said, Paul, the confidence. I think the fans suddenly got the confidence in the team and the and the, the team got the confidence in each other because the football after that game, after that goal went in, was was, was the best I think we've played this season in the fact that it was so, so progressive, getting at them. And it, it, it really was. And we didn't look in any danger whatsoever. Uh, but going back to that goal... At first, I thought, Charlie, why could nick it in? And uh, he seemed to be claiming this as well, didn't he? Because he'd he run away with a smile on his face, putting his hand up. He's a cheeky one, that Charlie White. <laughs> yeah, so we, we did. We really we really got at them then. 
Was it going to be one of them days that's, you know, we've sat there, was it going to be one of them days where no matter what, because they defended manfully, didn't they? You must must give them a bit of credit. They had near enough every player behind the ball. For Obviously, you need the luck to get back in the game, which we got the luck. And then after that, it was just a constant drive forward. And when it got to about 85 minutes and I'd still not really seen Thelo Asgard coming on and I thought, we're just it's not going to happen here. And then it did. Yeah. But, when you look at the constant pressure, it was bound to, but I just thought it'd be very Wigan athletic for it not to happen. But then it, it was all down to, for me, it was all down to Shinny not giving that ball up and he fell down on the ground and then he got back up, laid it off to Dirikwa, who it just takes that one ball into the to middle. And we said in a podcast last time that we are delivering a lot of balls into the middle. We're just not getting them one or two plays in the right areas to finish it off. And you get Dirikwa and Tilt linking up and, we got the little bit of luck that we needed, but I think it was well-deserved, that second half. Yeah, the, the the difference between the second half and the first half as well, we we were attacking in, in the in the first half and with one player in the box and with, with three three centre-backs and two defensive midfielders in front of him, marking Gary Medine. So in the second half, with four or five players in the box, there's your difference, isn't it? So when that ball's going in, there's a better chance of somebody going onto it. And that... that Effort by Graham Shinney to get that ball back, and what he did, it's like the second assist. I think I mentioned it last week. That where Max Power puts the balls in, and he's getting second assist. That was a second assist. One to his, his determination and his effort, yeah. and then he picked yeah. he, he picked Dariqua, who I thought at first I thought swing it in straight away, and he didn't, did he? He took a touch and knocked it forward, but, <laughs> but it was a brilliant cross that straight on on tilt's head. And who to who to score it as well? The man with ninety nine Blackpool appearances. Um, I, th- I think you look at Graham Shinney because he got a shove in the back, but got up and carried on fighting. In the first half, he'd, he'd have got a shove in the back, gone down on the floor, Blackpool would have come away with the ball, and we'd be asking questions of why the ref didn't give it. You know, with that increased confidence, he, he battled instead. Just just your point about why did Tell not come on, Charlie? We've made three substitutions, haven't we? Or we've made three, three substitutions we brought on. Yeah. Fletcher and, and McGuinness come on for Wyke and Lang. And I think they brought a little bit of energy with them as well when they came on, on to the pitch. I think they did. I think because Blackpool lost a centre-back early on and obviously their captain, they were left for Reese Williams, who's on loan from Liverpool. And he is only a young player. I do, I like him, but he is only a young player. And he was, he's there to kind of be to kind of be at. And I think when you bring Josh McGuinness and Ashley Fletcher on, they are physical and they are... They've got that presence. So I think bringing them on, they actually did very well to keep that kind of pressure building. Because we've how many times have we seen this this year that Wigan can keep pressure on for so long and then it just slowly starts to fade away. And I think that bringing McGuinness and Fletcher on just helped to keep that little bit of pressure up, which then obviously worked out in the end. And the atmosphere in, inside the ground as well. I mean, that second half, it was electric, weren't it, from both sets of fans. I thought, I've got to shout out to Blackpool supporters. I thought that it was brilliant all the way through with the support. Uh, right at the end, they weren't, because I saw them giving loads of grief to to, to Appleton and, and the Blackpool players. But up until the final whistle, they, was, they, they backed them 100%. They never stopped singing. And and it was it was good rapport between the two sets of supporters. It, it makes a good atmosphere. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think my, my first thing where I thought credit to the Blackpool fans, obviously they made a racket, but... There was somebody making a racket during the minute silence, wasn't there? That they shut the, they they sort of self policed and turned it into clapping. It was in our end up, Paul. Was it? It's from where I'm right, from where I'm sat, it sounded like it was probably somebody in the Blackpool end. But yeah, all right, whoever whichever fans sorted that out, well done to them. 
they were they were noisy all the way through, weren't they? I mean, you you take away the 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 bit the the sectarian stuff with James McLean, which is obviously out of order. But as a set of noisy supporters back in their team, as good as any I've seen in a long while at the DW. The referees, Andy Davis, Anthony Bacos. I think we got the uh, second half was a better referee for me of the of the two. Bacos is is a good referee. We've had him many times before. I liked him. He, he let things ride, but he did pull like the professional foul stuff he was pulling up, I thought. So I thought he did all right. And he, his best thing was at the end of the game, he only added four minutes on when he could have added six or seven and got that whistle. <laughs> and yeah, I actually had my timer, timer on. And he blew up 10 seconds early as well. So thank you very much, Anthony Bacos. The stats from the game make very interesting reading for us. Possession, 71%. I don't think we've had that much since Roberto was here. Shots, we had 18 with three on target. Blackpool, four with one on target. Corners, eight to three in our favour. Fouls, we committed 11. Blackpool, three. There were five yellows in the game. Bennett, Shinney and Lang. For the Latics, Lang for clapping the referee when he finally gave a free kick <laughs> for him. And Blackpool had the one red card as well. The attendance, 14,059 with 3,613 away fans. And the man of the match from the game on Saturday is going to Wigan Athletics, Shiniesta. <laughs> so the little uh, Aberdeen devil in our midfield, well done to you. I think he must be nailed on for player of the season already. Deserving? Yeah, um, and there were others that were as deserving, but he, you know he seems to be the favourite at the moment, doesn't he? Hmm. Um, for me, for me, I picked out uh, James McLean. I thought James McLean was was sensational yesterday, closely followed by Max Power and then Curtis Tilt. They, they were my three. Hands up, Shinny was superb as well. And I think, like you said earlier on, Charlie Tom Naylor once again. I mean, for me, he'd be the first name on the team sheet every week. I really like him. I think that he kind of gets a little bit of stick sometimes, but when you actually look at his stats and what he brings to the side, he does he does his job. He might go about it quietly sometimes, but he does really well. And I think yesterday, I think between the three of them, 87% was the lowest pass accuracy, and that was Shinny. And No, that was Power and Naylor. Shinny got something like 94% pass accuracy. So we were so much better in that midfield and I do like it when it's the three. Not all the time. I think that some games don't account for it and we need to shift it up. I think they worked very well together yesterday. And I think Tom Naylor was really driving forward. He had a few shots from long range, which they could have ended up anywhere, but <laughs> we didn't really need him in the end. Yeah. And, and Paul, something you always say, the confidence, and I, I thought it was there in abundance in that second half. And coming off at the end, you saw the players, how they were responding to the crowd. Do you think they got a little bit of spirit going again? Yeah, definitely. Um, there was a bunch of three of them. I don't know who it was that was in, in the penalty area and in the south stand end um, that all had a little hug um, on the final whistle. And then we we stayed and, and clapped them more than I have done in, in a long while. Coming round, yeah. It, it, it's The spirit's never been lacking, but it, the, the confidence is what's been lacking. And I think a fight that generates a result, it's worth a lot. I mean, it, it's a bloody shame we're going to the World Cup now, isn't it? After a result like that. Well, um, I think the rest will do as good. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of it, but, you know, after after walking off there, you'd love, a, love to be able to get back at home on Tuesday and have another game, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, I just I'm just worried about the injury situation at the moment. I mean, yeah, no, no, yeah. I don't mean from that yeah. perspective. But you would love a game on Tuesday, get some momentum going, yeah, get another three points. Yeah, um, but no, we've got a break, so yeah, I'm 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 not as impressed by the World Cup as I usually am. For me, Blackpool will be down down there at the end of the season. Whether they're in the bottom three or just out of it, but they're going to. I think they'll be down there. So they're the teams we 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 want to beat if we if we want to stop up and. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was a great point for us. And I think Bristol City are another one who's probably going to get dragged into it. And they could be a team that we can be targeting to to sort of get ahead of, in, in, you know, with the results coming up. Massive shout-out to Jamie Jones. He made his 400th senior appearance yesterday. So, fantastic. And I think he's like uh, it's like, like a good wine, isn't he? He's, a, he's improving with age. Yeah, definitely. Ah, right. Let's get on to the topic that everybody wants to be talking about. We're going to a training camp next week, I believe, either Tuesday or Wednesday. I think we're going away for at least a week. I understand that they'd like the manager to be in place by then. So the question is, who's that manager going to be? The name's in the frames, more or less the same, but I think the the running order's changed slightly now. I've run through who I've got down. Rob Edwards, Duncan Ferguson, Neil Critchley, Sean Dyche and Sean Maloney. So out of them, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't want Sean Maloney. I don't want Neil Critchley. And I'm not too sure about Duncan Ferguson. So the two that I'd plump for would be Rob Edwards or Sean Dyche. But I don't think Sean Dyche will come to us. And there's strong rumours that Edwards was in the ground yesterday and it, uh, he's just leapfrogged over Duncan Ferguson in the betting. What's the odds, Charlie? The odds are Rob Edwards six to four, Duncan Ferguson seven to four, Neil Critchley five to one, Sean Dyche ten to one, Sean Maloney fourteen to one, Steve Bruce fourteen to one, and then Mick McCarthy, Gerard, Stephen Schumacher, and Lee McCulloch are all sixteen to one. I think we can leave them outside as where they are. I don't fancy any of them to be Stevie Gerard, absolutely hundred percent not. Definitely not. No, it's it came out this morning. It is the loosest link that I've seen nobody's reporting on it. I think he's just, he's been thrown in on the betting odds. And I think it's because he's from, not far, not too far from the area. And he knows Neil Critchley. So I think that's the way it's come about. But I don't see anything materialising with it. So Paul's not giving me a definitive answer who, who he fancies yet. But who, who do you fancy, Charlie? I'll come back to you, Paul. I like the sound of Rob Edwards. He's, he's only managed 12 championship games. But he really didn't get enough time at Watford. But all the fans I've spoken to from Watford today, they all really rate him. And they think that Watford should have kept him, but they're a bit like a revolving door manager-wise. I don't know. Neil Critchley, his stats aren't bad. He averages 1.3 points a game in the championship. but And he's managed 101 more games than Rob Edwards has professionally. If we're going to be talking about a manager to come in and fill, fill what Liam Richardson has done, man-manage the players and then take us to safety with a bit of a long-term project on it. Personally, I think Rob Edwards. I think Duncan Ferguson's not managed enough games for me. I know he's been around Everton for the last eight years or so, worked under Ancelotti, Lampard, Marco Silva, Benitez, but we need somebody who can come in and just do a long-term project with us, and I think that Rob Edwards might be the man. Yeah, well, only one of those managers I regularly made a tea for in the past, and that's Big Dunk when he used to come for a burger and a pint in the pub where I worked. Um, but that's a different thing. Schumacher looks a little bit more interesting. He's obviously done a decent job at Plymouth, and it's like, is it the right sort of step up? And he's a North West 
bloke anyway. So is it coming back home to the northwest? Well, I, I mean, this is a question. If you want somebody decent, you've got to attract them, which means paying some money. Which at the current time with the with the club is maybe something that's a little bit in doubt. We'll see. I, I think given the sighting and the fact that he's every favourite, I think you might not be too far of the mark with Rob Edwards. Reportedly seen around the DW yesterday, so I, I think you whoever's if they're going to be coming in next week, they must whoever it is must have been at the game yesterday because they need to look at them in a competitive match to see what what they've got on offer the players. Training is a totally different thing. That's where he imposes his his style and gets them coached the way he wants them. But to see them playing in a competitive match, I'm warming very much now towards Edwards. I really am. I think big dunk. I'm not going to say it because he might come round and, and, and batter me. So I do like him though, but uh, would I want him as manager of Wigan Athletic? Don't think so. Neil Critchley, he just reminds me too much of Warren Joyce. So absolutely not. So we've gone for Rob Edwards. And who did you go for, Paul? Could see you being right, but I could see Schumacher as well as Schumacher. A bit of a... If there is an appointment, we'll be back. If not, with it being the World Cup break, we might uh, have a couple of specials here and there, but the regular podcast will be missing for the next three weeks. But until we're back properly, up the ticks and come on and what a win. (laughs) 